0: Welcome to the Wellness Plus Podcast, featuring interviews with health and wellness professionals empowering you to take control of your health and happiness. Feel better, look better, and live better today by subscribing right now for new episodes every week. The Wellness Plus Podcast is brought to you by wellnessplus.tv and made possible by the generous donations of Psyche Truth Patreon supporters.
1: Hi, and welcome to the Wellness Plus Podcast. I'm Gianna, and I will be your guest host today. And today I'm interviewing Sean Cossum, who is an anxiety and wellness coach. And he's just going to talk a little bit about his journey with anxiety and his mental health and wellness and his recovery with that. So if you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and kind of dip into what you went through.
2: Sure. Thank you for having me. So... (sighs) I I really kind of grew up in um uh my my parents are uh, immigrant parents and uh I, I mostly grew up in uh, Oklahoma Oklahoma City actually and uh I didn't really have uh, you know growing up I was a pretty normal kid you know I mean I think you know we're all a little shy and we you know have our little bit of insecurities but I wouldn't say I had anything um unusual I actually ended up going to college in Canada uh, at this university called McGill University, uh, ironically enough, studying psychology and, uh, and neuroscience. And, um, <clears throat> once I graduated, I, uh, essentially I, I was, I was just working. I was, I was working a little too hard. Um, I, I was, a uh, kind of type A. And so I, I, I had a lot of stress, um, i i was dealing with you know a few personal things too and so i just kind of came up with this perfect storm where essentially i um one day after work i was working in 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 the gaming industry i was working in the uh, gaming technology industry and i had a panic attack and it was so unusual for me because you know you i'd read about it and uh I had people tell me about panic attacks. I even like, you know, used that phrase, "Oh my God, it made me so scared. I felt like I had a panic attack, but I really never experienced having a panic attack. So um, I had it. It absolutely terrified me. And I remember that night, I was talking to a friend, and I was, I was telling her that, you know, I, was, I had this weird um, my heart raced really f- uh, fast. Um, I felt like I was going to die. I felt like my heart was going to explode started hyperventilating and I said, I don't know what's happening with me. And uh, she told me that, you know, Hey, you sounds like you had a panic attack. Mm -hmm. And I actually didn't believe her. I'm like, no, no, no. I, you know, I don't really have anxiety. There's Mm -hmm. nothing I'm really nervous about, you know? Yeah. There's a couple of stressful things, but you know, it's nothing out of the ordinary. And I was, I was a little bit nervous about it. I wasn't sure what was going on i actually was a little bit concerned that there was something maybe i was sick
1: Mm, physically sick physically sick Mm.
2: and so a couple of weeks went by going to work you know normally working out still working and then um one day i you know we I i was having dinner just watching tv and uh I had I had this sensation kind of come back. It was mm-hmm. kind of at bay. And I was like, you know what? Let me go ahead and fully experience this. What, what am mm-hmm. I feeling? And I had the exact same t- symptoms. I had the same uh, feelings, the same sensation kind of rushed back. Mm-hmm. And once I had it rushed back, I was like, no, there is something wrong with me. I essentially had a second panic attack. Again, I was kind of in denial about it. Um, and so the second I had the second panic attack, I was you know that that's kind of where my journey had started mm-hmm. with anxiety so
1: so with the first panic attack that you had you you had no idea what was going on you didn't know what it was or
2: yeah you know when you have a panic attack it's it's such a you know you you feel like you you literally feel like you're going to die mm-hmm. um, i feel like when somebody says you know you had a panic attack first of all i never really experienced it Second of all, there wasn't anything that necessarily okay. triggered it right okay. away. And that's what kind of bewilders people. That kind mm-hmm. of that kind of is what confused me, which was there wasn't anything to be scared about. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a life-threatening situation that happened at that moment. There was nothing. I was just working. And, um, you know, I was a little bit tense, a little bit stressed. And... You know, it just kind of happened. Mm-hmm. And I think I didn't want to deny that it was a panic attack because I felt like, in a way, it kind of happened so easily. I mm-hmm. was like, this could easily happen again. Mm-hmm. So it was almost more convenient to assume something was wrong and something like that needed... was a physical illness. Yeah, okay. and that needed to be treated mm-hmm. rather than, you know, if, if, you know, with panic attacks, you know, it, it's just uh, the situation wasn't as... Um, as like as dire or as Mm -hmm. you know intense for me to really justify having a Mm -hmm. panic attack so yeah that's how it really started
1: interesting so um after that point after your second panic attack what were your your next steps what did you go like see a psychologist or what what did you do afterward
2: yeah so essentially i pretty much you know called in sick at work And I made an appointment to see a doctor right away. And so I went to the doctor. And uh, they really, uh, you know, did the basic, you know, blood Mm -hmm. pressure test, you know, looked in to see, you know, what's wrong with you. And he said, you know, your blood pressure is a little bit elevated, but there's nothing wrong with you. You're fine. Mm -hmm. And I said, what? Like, Mm -hmm. what do you mean everything's fine? Like, I felt dizzy. I felt nauseous. My stomach was upset. I mean, I was feeling like debilitating symptoms I mean and it was intense they weren't like just you know something that was just at bay I mean this was uh, you know I wouldn't be able to go to work I mean I was hyperventilating and you know they just kind of dismissed it as no you know it's just anxiety you'll be Mm -hmm. fine just take a couple of days off you're fine and so
1: wait so he just said it's anxiety just take a couple of days and you'll be fine
2: yeah well response. you know i don't even think they said anxiety i think they just said you know no there's nothing physically wrong with you mm, and you this know? was
1: like a primary care this was
2: a primary care okay. doctor and so i was like this doctor doesn't know what he's talking about mm-hmm. i need to get another doctor mm-hmm. so i went to a different clinic i literally left from one clinic and went to another clinic and then it was a girl doctor and i told her i said look i already went to the doctor and he said it was nothing um, clearly i mean there's something wrong yeah. and i kind of focused a little bit more on on the fact that i you know i was a little dizzy that i was a little nauseous mm-hmm. i felt like i was you know having vertigo mm-hmm. and so you know she was like oh you know you may have labyrinthitis which is really just a virus that affects your ear canal and mm-hmm. and and in your ear canal essentially um it's these um um there's these little hair follicles that kind of uh, orient your balance. Um, it it helps with balance Mm. and sometimes, um, when that gets damaged, it really affects, you know, over overall balance Mm -hmm. in general. So, um, she says, you know, Oh, you may have a virus for that. So, you know, they gave me some pills
1: Mm. for the virus,
2: for the virus that, you know, because I was, you know, dizzy and yeah. And so she's like, you know, if this doesn't help in, you know, a couple of weeks, um, or I think she said a couple of weeks or a couple of days, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, go see an ENT. Interesting. which is an ear nose and throat mm-hmm. doctor and so i took it didn't do absolutely anything still felt, still felt really sick by this point i think it was day two or three and i hadn't eaten a single thing because mm-hmm. i felt like if i was going to eat i was going to throw up mm-hmm. so i i didn't eat and so i think a day or two went by and uh spoke with my parents at this point and, and you were
1: in uh, Canada and your parents were back home in Texas. Yeah, okay. they
2: were They were in Austin. And, uh, you know, my parents being, you know, immigrant parents, they were, you know, giving me these, you know, Indian natural, mm-hmm. you know, herbal treatments. And, you know, they say, do this, do that. I was doing it all.
1: Yeah.
2: Which is really unusual because, you know, my parents, my mom had grown up, you know, I'd grown up essentially with my mom kind of. Making me take these random things, you yeah. know, and I almost dismiss. I always dismissed it. I was like, Mom, I don't want to take this. This is, mm-hmm. you know, this is dumb. This yeah. doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do it. But this time, I was fully compliant. You're desperate, You're I was like, I'll, like do anything. I'll do anything. What do you think, Mom? Mm-hmm. What should I do? Do you think is this, Dad? Is it mm-hmm. this? Like, and like, um, yeah. So you know, they, they got you know, naturally they were concerned. They didn't know they were so far away, yeah. and um, I said, you know what, I'm just gonna go check an ENT doctor. Mm-hmm schedule an appointment uh, it was in canada so sometimes it takes a while mm-hmm. um but you know i just told the lady my situation and she i guess you know she had a little sympathy so she kind of squeezed me in in between mm-hmm. appointments to see this ent ent looked at me he he did a couple of maneuvers essentially made me lie down and try these you know look around and mm-hmm. say okay are you you know are you feeling dizzy i'm like yes yeah and then at the end he's like you're, you're fine mm-hmm. <laughs> there's nothing yeah. wrong." Um, which which sucked actually. Yeah, because you wanted I wanted answers. I wanted an answer yeah. at least if I could get a diagnosis, mm-hmm. I was fine. He says no, it's not that. Yeah. and I said you know what is it? Mm-hmm. And you know I I told him hey look you know I'm I'm really nauseous, mm-hmm. clearly dizzy, and he's like well you know if you're nauseous you should go see a you know gastroenterologist.
1: Gastron- <laughs> yeah.
2: So essentially I I you know for the next year that was kind of my life. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's like you went to, to see every
1: single doctor, other than like a. Yeah,
2: case. and you realize there's a lot of different subspecialties. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. I I think I've I learned more about the healthcare field than I ever did in in college mm-hmm. just by <laughs> kind going of experiencing. So yeah, yeah, and yeah. You, and you you recognize the issues and the the disconnect mm-hmm. and um, how fragmented the healthcare. Yeah, you know. So you know, I I kind of learned about it uh, firsthand. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and that was the process, and it was just this constant searching. About two or three weeks in, I think it was about two and a half weeks in, I just booked a one-way ticket back home. So you
1: came back home before you even went, like, were diagnosed or went to see, like, a psychologist. You came back home.
2: Yeah, yeah. So essentially it was like, I can't figure this out. Um, My parents were like, look, just come here. Mm -hmm. You know, like, we'll take care of you. We'll, you know, we'll figure out. We'll get to the root bottom of this. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I did And so we, I came back to Austin and, um, literally I got off the plane and, uh, my mom's a nurse, but she really has faith in this, uh, he was this, uh, naturopath Mm -hmm. is a chiropractor. Um, in hindsight, you know, probably, I mean, nothing against any of them, of course. Um, they're great actually. um, but I, I think we probably, you know, should have gone to, you know, figure out an actual diagnosis mm-hmm. first, you know, maybe run some tests and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I came back in and I, I told him, you know, my situation. And uh, interestingly enough, the chiropractor, again, diagnosed it as anxiety but said it wasn't anxiety. So he he kind of asked me, you know, how do you feel about, you know. You know, anxiety. Do you generally have anxiety? Mm-hmm. I said, No, no, why? Like, why? I don't have anxiety. Like, mm-hmm. I was in college for six years by myself. I was doing this, I was doing mm-hmm. that. You know, I was, you know, I, in college, I was in a dance company. Yeah. You know, I, I, anxiety just didn't hold me back the same mm-hmm. way. So he named it as something called sympathetic dominance, okay. which you have two sets of nerves you have the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. Um, the sympathetic is the fight or flight, you know, it's, it's the one that, you know, when you're in danger, it Mm -hmm. turns on automatically. The other one, the parasympathetic is more rest and digest. Um, so he kind of cleverly kind of called it uh, sympathetic dominance, which Mm -hmm. was just a way of saying, look, you kind of have anxiety, gave me some supplements,
1: supplements, (sighs) not prescription medication, not
2: prescription medication. Um, and, um, said, you know, just, Take it easy. Just take these, and you'll be fine. And I think he kind of played it in a way where it kind of had a placebo effect because that mm. night I felt much better. Mm. I was like, "Oh my God, thank God!" Because you
1: felt like you had an answer. Yeah, like I was like, "Oh, I feel, feel so much better." Yeah. Exactly. So, can I ask you when when he asked you like, how do you feel about anxiety? Have you ever did do you did you know what anxiety was or at that point or
2: yeah, and, yeah, I mean, I'd I read a lot about it, you mm-hmm. know, in a lot of the psych courses. You know, I had friends that, you know, dealt with anxiety. Mm-hmm. In hindsight, um, this was harder to admit at the time, I just mm-hmm. had an ego about yeah. it. You You're know? like, no,
1: how could that happen to me? I've never, you know, experienced any of these kind yeah. of feelings, yeah.
2: And that, a lot of it came from the misunderstanding of really anxiety in general, um, even though we'd kind of read about it mm-hmm. Um
1: It's different when you actually experience
2: it. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of misinformation Mm -hmm. out there about anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we look at anxiety kind of as an illness um, or at least a disorder. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, yeah, it just it it was too easy to diagnose it as anxiety. Mm -hmm. And the feelings were just too real. And it wasn't. You know, when you think, oh, I have anxiety, you you have these, you you can come up with these symptoms about, okay, I'm going to feel nervous. My hands were shaking, Mm -hmm. you know, my heart's racing a little fast. Um, but when you're really suffering from anxiety, your, your symptoms are a lot more intense and you're, you're a lot more alert Mm -hmm. and not just physical symptoms. I mean, your mind starts racing, um, and it starts coming up with all these different ideas and and what could possibly be wrong, and you're constantly analyzing everything mm-hmm. you you know you feel tired. these are the kind of things that you don't really experience you know with you know a a person that doesn't you know suffer from anxiety. When they feel anxious feelings, you know, they feel to a certain degree of what they are, but not the same intensity. Not yeah, the same like ferocity. before
1: you take a test or have a job interview, you kind of yeah, feel these yeah. very mild, but you don't have anxiety. You're just anxious about something.
2: Right, right. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is that I think you can pinpoint it to a specific event. Mm-hmm. And even in that case, even at the most intense anxiety you can feel, let's say right before you're about to perform or right before you're about to speak, you know, those few seconds are probably the most anxious. Mm-hmm. What I was experiencing the whole, you know, 24 hours was over a hundred times more intense. Mm-hmm. So I was experiencing a hundred times more than I did, you know, mm-hmm. right before I'd go on stage or yeah. right before, you know, I'd give a talk or anything mm-hmm. that makes, you know, people nervous. Yeah. So calling it anxiety was just kind of, I felt like I was kind of dumbing it down.
1: So you felt like this, no, this has to be more.
2: Yeah, yeah. I felt like this just had to be. I'd never experienced this. It's like, look, I've I felt anxiety Mm -hmm. before. I've been nervous before, and
1: this is a lot more.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's essentially how it started, and um, I think I spent a lot of uh, hours um, on the internet, kind Mm -hmm. of asking around, trying to figure out, googling everything, you know is a bad idea yeah but when you're so desperate i mean you're like look there's somebody else Mm -hmm. that has to experience this Mm -hmm. and the really the really interesting part is you actually do find people that are experiencing experiencing it it, Mm -hmm. but the interesting thing is you don't really you see these people you know i'd you know at this point i'd probably been suffering for about maybe six seven months Mm
1: -hmm. before even being diagnosed by a
2: Well, you know, I'd been diagnosed technically by the first primary care saying, look, you know, Mm, it's nothing. Um, But really accepting the diagnosis. Mm
1: -hmm. So you're still in denial.
2: I was still in denial. Yeah. So, you know, I I had found people on the Internet that were just as eager as I was, that were trying to figure out what was going Mm -hmm. on. And the really um, upsetting part really was, is that here I was suffering for six, seven months. There were people online that had been suffering for 10 years, 15 Mm -hmm. years with the same intensity. And nobody had an answer. Mm -hmm. So not only am I terrified about what's going on, but like my future looks bleak. It looks, Mm -hmm. you know, really, um, you know, it's really upsetting because you're like, Oh my God, I might
1: feel this way for 10 years.
2: I'll feel this way forever. There's no way out of this. Mm -hmm. And so the interesting thing about the internet is, you know, the people that do recover, the people that do figure out what it is, the people that, you know, fully recover without you know dealing with it for too long you don't really see them on the internet mm. because they're not on forums they're not writing about it they're mm. not you know they're just living life yeah so you kind of get a one-dimensional kind of like you don't get a an accurate representation
1: mm-hmm. you of get everyone wrong. who's desperate for answers when you go on the internet so yeah. it makes you feel hopeless
2: exactly yeah. exactly so <clears throat> you know you, you get all these symptoms these sensations, these feelings. And then on top of that, you get discouraged. Mm -hmm. And um, it's really easy to grieve about it. Mm -hmm. And and your confidence goes. And then everything kind of fell after that. You know, confidence dropped. um, You know, I became depressed. Um, I actually was, you know, dealing with... OCD, you know, obsessive compulsive disorder. I was diagnosed with that and then it got so bad I couldn't leave my house. I I got diagnosed finally uh, With agoraphobia, which was the fear of going outside. Wow So I couldn't leave my house and at this point, I think I probably lost 30 pounds Mm. and I you know, I'm not a big dude. I'm like, you know, five eight (laughs) 165 Mm -hmm. so I I I dropped I dropped down I think the lowest I was at 125 wow just because I wasn't eating because I'd feel nauseous Mm -hmm. and so yeah you know I I got to the point where I I couldn't leave my house and I and the interesting thing about that is a lot of people assume well people that are agoraphobic don't leave the house because they're afraid of outside you know the outside world and that's not actually true what they're really afraid of is how are they going to respond to the outside world Mm -hmm. I was worried if I went to go get a haircut, if I was sitting in that chair and I had a panic attack, I needed to run away and come home. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be able to escape. Yeah.
1: So a home was kind of like just a safe place for you. Just, and you yeah. That's the only place you felt like you could have a panic attack and you'd be where you would want to be during that time
2: yeah yeah and uh, you know even at that point i i remember i once came downstairs uh you know into the living room and i had a panic attack there so i just stayed upstairs after a certain point point. Wow. and so you just kind of create the small box this little safe haven um where you know you you try to avoid those Mm -hmm. those feelings yeah yeah
0: we'd like to briefly interrupt this interview to remind you that this podcast was made possible by listeners just like you Become a supporter at patreon.com slash where you can watch the video version of this episode and all our podcast episodes. Plus, you'll gain access to over 500 videos of exclusive content, including premium courses and behind-the-scenes peeks. Help us keep this information free by visiting patreon.com slash PsycheTruth. That's patreon.com slash P-S-Y-C-H-E-T-R-U-T-H.
1: And I feel like any anyone that knows you it, it would be very surprised by this because, you, like, you're so outgoing and you're not shy, and I don't know. It's kind of just that I get that the feeling that, like, it could happen to anyone. Like, just knowing you, I feel like, I, no, like, there's no way, like, that would happen to you or that you went through that. And I feel like most people can feel that way about anxiety. As you said, it came on kind of, kind of sudden. Your stress levels were fairly normal and kind of just happened.
2: Yeah, you know, it's actually pretty um it's pretty amazing cuz I I didn't I was pretty private about this stuff. You know, I dealt with this when I was about 20. I I'm 30 now, but I was I probably dealt with this when I was about 24, 25. So I, it's been a, it's been a few years and mm-hmm. I haven't talked about it. And there's two reasons why. The first one was I was It's so private. It's so personal. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of, it's not something I like, you know, sharing. I'm just, I'm kind of, uh, I I like to keep that stuff private. Mm -hmm. But really what it was also was I was um, afraid of the stigma. One of the things about when I was dealing with anxiety was this labeling that, um, you know, once, you know, you have panic attacks or once you, you know, have anxiety, um, there's a lot of misinformation and, it you know, that convinces you that, you know, look, this is something you're going to have to deal with for the rest mm-hmm. of your life. This isn't something you could fully overcome. This is just something you're going to have to manage. Um, and so even when I fully recovered, when I completely came out of it and, you know, really thrive, um, I was still in the back of my mind, you know, kind of concerned about the stigma, even though I knew, you know, that stigma is not really true,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but just what other people thought about yeah. it. So I was really quiet about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And the second thing, which is even even more amazing, I think, is when you come out of it, when you fully come out of it, um, I can say this very confidently, you are way less likely to ever fall back in. Mm -hmm. I actually think I can probably handle stressful situations um, a lot better than I would have before. Mm -hmm. And in general, you know, a, a lot better than I think just general population. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, um, my ability to bend, but not break is even more, mm. you know, it's just, um, you know, it's, it's great. So not only, you know, if you recover, can you fully recover and go back to normal life, but you can actually thrive. Yeah. I actually think to a certain degree, you're at an advantage in life mm-hmm. compared to other people because you've really, you've hit rock bottom. Mm-hmm. And coming out of it, that, that wisdom that you, that you get, it Mm. almost becomes your staff. Like it, it just becomes so, um, I I mean, you know, your confidence kind of grows and it becomes this foundation that, you know, it's, it's not very, you know, resistant to a lot of, you know, outside forces the same way. So,
1: so when you, um, the stigma and how like what people would think so when mm-hmm. when you were going through it did a lot of people around you know and they did like how did they respond or did people treat you differently or how yeah. how was that for you
2: what was really interesting is that um once i got anxiety it physically it, sh- it showed on my face um almost instantly uh, my eyes started sinking in i started losing a lot of weight i stopped making eye contact um my posture changed everything had changed i I felt like i was sick it looked like i was sick Mm -hmm. so when people saw me they you know they were like oh my god are you okay Mm -hmm. what's going on you know i told them you know you know i i knew it wasn't anxiety so whatever depending on you know my journey i'd was diagnosed with X, Y, Z, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it was, I'd be like, yeah, man, I got this, I got that. Or, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, man, it sucks. I'm I'm doing the best I can. Mm-hmm. And there was, you know, there was a lot of, um, sympathy. There was a lot of concern. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And people, but you know, people, people did react, um, in a way where they're like, oh my God, are you okay? They're mm-hmm. very supportive yeah. and they were concerned. And, um, they could see in my face and then, you know, when I ex- explain them, the symptoms of anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, really when I was like, yeah, man, like I'm always nauseous. I can't eat. Like, you know, my ears ringing or like, you know, I'm like sweating at night. Mm-hmm. They were like, Oh my God, this sounds like really intense. Like, man, that must be really hard. And you've been dealing with this for how long? Oh my God. Like, you know, I hope you feel better, man. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so, um, they were very supportive, you know, So, so yeah, you know, I, I, I did, I did kind of, they, they could see it on my face. And then Mm -hmm. also I started kind of moving away. I stopped hanging out with friends. Mm -hmm. I I kind of developed a little bit of like social anxiety. Um, so I slowly just started disappearing and you know, my friends would reach out to me and be like, Hey man, you okay? Hey, Mm -hmm. you want to go out? And like, I would just say, Hey, no, I can't, like, I don't feel good. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, Yeah.
1: So after the, I guess you're about a year in now.
2: I was, I was about, um, I, I think it happened. It happened in February
1: mm-hmm.
2: around maybe August. Okay. My parent, my, my dad, I think was one of the first people to catch it. He's like, something's not right. Mm-hmm. And my dad actually said, Yo, I think there may not be anything wrong with you. Mm. (laughs) And so, you know, I just felt like, you know, my dad just didn't understand. Yeah. Um, On October 4th, which is actually my birthday, I woke up and I felt like I couldn't, um, uh, my stomach was really hurting. Again, you know, the same symptoms. Yeah. So I convinced my mom to take me to the ER. And I went to the ER and, you know, they put an IV and they check my blood pressure and whatever, you know, they did a bunch of tests, mm-hmm. nothing came through. And that ER doctor and ER doctors, you know, they're, they're, they're dealing with critical patients, you mm-hmm. know, and they, you know, it's very time sensitive. Mm-hmm. He straight up looked at me and he's like, dude, there, there's nothing wrong with you. You know that, right? Mm. And, um, I was furious. I told him I wanted another doctor. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, this guy doesn't understand. You know, I'm not. I'm not going to deal with that. Yeah. And that was actually on my birthday at the ER. Um, I dealt with these anxiety symptoms, and they were like, okay, whatever you want to test, you know, you do test out, and then you know, Mm -hmm. this whole spectrum of tests, you know, everything that I truly felt, you know, I'm like, no, it's going to be this. Like, watch when the results come out. Like, I'm going to told you this was it. They were like, it's nothing. Nothing. It's nothing.
1: Well, because I guess you can't really, you can't really, there's no physical test that.
2: Yeah. 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 But you know, it was so real. Yeah. You know, um, something had to show Mm -hmm. up. After a while, I didn't have an answer. Mm -hmm. I couldn't come up with the test that we could have done. Yeah. And pretty much, you know, through kind of deductive reasoning, kind of the default answer was, oh my God, is this anxiety? Is this actually what it is? Could this actually be it? Mm-hmm. That's where um, you know, you know, going to the ER, you know, that was kind of like a breaking point. But I think it was actually more of a breakthrough. It was like, oh my god, this is mm-hmm. this is anxiety. Yeah,
1: like you've ruled out everything else. This has to be it.
2: What else could it be? I yeah. mean, there was nothing else. Yeah. And I was like, is this really what anxiety is? Has mm-hmm. I, have I been wrong this whole time? That was, you know, I think that was my first day of recovery. That was mm-hmm. really where I was like, okay. That's anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so that's really where my journey started. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm kind of reaching forward to, you know, it, it's, you know, anxiety is really great about convincing you it's everything else but anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so people can, you know, point at external factors, you know, socially they're nervous or, mm-hmm. you know, there's certain events or traumas or, you know, someone like me who, who looked inward felt like there was health.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's really good at pointing at everything but anxiety mm-hmm. itself. So at that point I recognized that any feeling, any symptom no matter how bizarre, no matter how unusual it was, it was just anxiety. Mm. And so just showing up in different ways. Just manifesting itself in different mm-hmm. ways. But it 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 was it was a it was actually an amazing it, it was it was by far the hardest thing I'd ever gone through in my mm-hmm. life, but it was by far the most enriching too at mm-hmm. the same time because I don't think i had so much growth since, you know. you you have these thoughts, you know, especially when you're anxious, you have these thoughts. And when I was recovering, when I was kind of recovering and, 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 you know, kind of going back to normal life, I had to look at these thoughts as just thoughts of anxiety. Mm -hmm. These weren't really my thoughts. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of, you know, you, you can kind of expand that and say, okay, well, when you're anxious, these aren't your thoughts. What about when you're angry? Are those your thoughts? Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Do you even really have thoughts? Mm-hmm. Do you own these thoughts or are these kind of thoughts that have kind of just developed just depending on situation or the mm-hmm. way you've grown up? So it's kind of a breakthrough. Oh, my God. You know, you're not your thoughts. You're not mm-hmm. really your thoughts, yeah. you know? Um, and, and for me, you know, I, I think uh, a lot of the suffering could have been mitigated. And, you know, a lot of the suffering I see, And other people could just be mitigated if you just tell your mind, shh, Mm. you know, just just no thoughts. Mm -hmm. It's okay, you know, because it's the brain and that's just what it does. It's going to come up with thoughts. And it's so bizarre that, you know, these these thoughts come in and you just kind of ignore it or you acknowledge it at least. You know, you say, hey, you know, these thoughts are here. That's cool. I'm still going to do whatever Mm -hmm. I want. And, you know, you just kind of label them as anxiety. Just by doing that over time, it just kind of quiets on its own. Yeah. And, and it's something that's so beyond um, logic, you know, because it's just above the mind mm-hmm. in itself. So, yeah, you know, a lot of it could have just you know been mitigated if you just said, mm-hmm. you know, shh, it's okay.
1: So after you went to the ER, what did you go to another specialist or...? Did you get on medication or how?
2: So interestingly enough, I was on medication before I even went to the ER. They put me on SSRIs, mm-hmm. um, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. It's it's used for antidepressant, but it's also used for anxiety. Mm-hmm. I'd taken it. Um, I didn't really feel much, you know. I it didn't eliminate my anxiety. My anxiety mm-hmm. was still there. I probably mitigated a little bit, but mm-hmm. really. I wouldn't say I'd recovered in any way. Mm -hmm. I was still suffering from anxiety. Um, After, no, you know, actually after the ER, that was the last doctor's visit I had. Mm -hmm. After that, I had met um, a couple of therapists Mm -hmm. that were anxiety... um, Their specialization was anxiety. And so... um, And, you know, I didn't even do that for that long. I think Mm -hmm. I... had a therapist, I think I maybe saw her three times. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I kind of had a set back a little later, had another therapist, maybe went to two sessions with him. Mm-hmm. And the thing was, is that the answer was kind of always the same, you know, just see it for what it is, mm-hmm. float past it. And it just kind of goes away on its own. You don't have to do something. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, after you go into your fourth, fifth session, you hear the same thing. You're mm-hmm. like, okay.
1: You just have to get through it. You just, you
2: just got to get yeah. through it. There's no way. You know, mm-hmm. going to a therapist or going to, you know, an online, you know, forum or, you know, reading a book about it mm-hmm. was kind of a natural way to avoid it. Avoid these feelings coming in mm-hmm. um, and not really accepting it. So. Um.
1: <clears throat> so after that,
2: mm-hmm.
1: after stopping going to therapy and all that, in what ways did you, I guess, try to fix it or minimize your symptoms on your own, I guess?
2: It was actually the opposite of everything I was doing before. Instead of trying to mitigate or minimize these symptoms, Mm -hmm. I embraced them. I said, that's fine. However I feel, I feel I'm going to continue on with my day. Mm Um, with these feelings and just kind of learn to live side by side and recognize that you don't have to always do something. Mm -hmm. You could just
1: like, it's okay to take a break and just do nothing.
2: It's okay to do nothing. But I mean, it's also okay to not trying to fix it. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to be like, okay, well, I got to go fix this now. Or like, oh, I got to deal with this. Oh, I can't go to work right now. I got to figure out what's wrong or I got to give myself this or do this or do that. Mm -hmm. Um, just be with it. There's nothing you need to do. You know, um, well, you know, once I did that, you just learn to live side by side, recognize that you could still live with it there with you. And I did this for so long, I just looked back a little later and noticed it wasn't there.
1: Mm-hmm. So there there wasn't like a day or like a time that you could remember that it was all gone. It kind of just gradually faded.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of... It's not like you just wake up one day and be like, "Oh my god, I don't have yeah. these feelings." Um and you know, there what happens is is that, you know, you have this feeling, you know, you you have anxiety for a certain amount of time and then <clears throat> it disappears for just a little bit, even if it's just for a second. Mm-hmm. It just goes away and you recognize it. you're like, "Oh my god, it's not there." And then it'll come back the next second. And you just continue on as if nothing is going to happen and you just kind of um accept it fully continue on with your life then when it happens again um the gap becomes a little bigger instead of 1 second it's like 5 minutes
1: mm-hmm.
2: and then it comes back and then a lot of times it will come back just as hard if not harder than you felt so you felt like you didn't even make any recovery mm-hmm. and so over time you know it wasn't linear you know th- over time you know it it'd been a month and I hadn't felt any anxiety mm-hmm. and then the next month it would hit me really hard so there were plenty of times where I felt like oh my god you know like I've recovered and then you know a little bit later um, oh, well, I'm just
1: kidding! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yet, yeah,
2: right? yeah. And and the idea is is just to keep, be consistent. Just mm-hmm. to recognize that it's not, you know, it's not important. As long as you don't make it the driver, just let mm-hmm. it be there with you. You know, it's it's amazing. You know, we, in terms of survival, I mean, anxiety is so important. I mean, fear is so important. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's what keeps us alive. It's just when it becomes the driver. Um, and a lot of things in life, you know, we, we look at things in life where if something's wrong, we go out to fix it. Mm -hmm. Um, this is one situation where that's probably the worst that you could do. You don't try to fix it. It Mm -hmm. won't work that way. You know, Mm uh, you know, you have a headache, you take an Advil, you have anxiety and you know, you want to do something to make it go away. It just won't, it just doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. It's the opposite of trying to fix it. You know, um, you just, just see it for what it is. And you know what, you know once i once I was going through this process, I recognized some of the habits that I had that probably weren't very uh um, weren't very good you know in terms of you know the stress level that I had the type of work I was doing um the attitude I had the people mm-hmm. I was around it kind of it kind of left to this perfect situation where you know i was I was a great candidate mm-hmm. for being you know uh you know to suffer from an anxiety disorder. Yeah. And so, you know, you make these corrections in life. Um,
1: like what? What corrections did you make? What changed?
2: Yeah. Well, the first thing I recognized was, you know, how important health was to take care of yourself, physical um, health, physical health, um, mental health, too. You know, um, I, I probably was a little bit more of a hothead before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, n- not to take life so seriously mm-hmm. and recognize that, um You know, it's crazy with anxiety, you recognize one of the things that really helped me was just the idea of mindfulness and kind of just recognizing they're just thoughts and just observing your thoughts Mm -hmm. that really helps. And so I still do that, you know, um, And so, you know, focusing on mental health, uh, reducing stress, um, it also prioritizes what's important to you. You know, for me as my family, I ended up, you know, I I can easily go back to Canada now and, you know, continue working or do something else, Mm -hmm. live on my own. But, you know, family is important to me. Mm -hmm. Um, My social life is important to me. You know, things that I enjoy. I like going out. I I love meeting people. Um, I love traveling. Um, So... You know, it just kind of puts life in you know, perspective mm-hmm. a little bit more. So, mm-hmm.
0: The podcast you are listening to was brought to you by wellnessplus.tv, a subscription service empowering you with everything you need to take control of your health and happiness. Sign up for your free trial today to watch the video version of this episode and all our podcast episodes. Plus, you'll gain access to our extensive library, including hundreds of follow-along yoga and fitness courses, massage therapy tutorials, weight loss information, guided meditations, educational health videos, and so much more. Feel better, look better, and live better today by visiting WellnessPlus.tv.
1: So, uh, I think there there is a I guess stigma around. I think men in particular, mental health. Mm-hmm. Did you feel that in any way affected, like, I guess the times that you did go to the doctor or?
2: In terms of like being a guy?
1: Yeah, being a guy. I think guys are, are kind of um, supposed to like hide their feelings and not express them. I I think that, um, I don't know, it's something that I see a lot that men yeah, are supposed to yeah. mask it. And you, like you should be tough and you shouldn't, you know. Display those emotions. Do you think that had any effect on your journey?
2: Yeah, yeah. I think it did. Um, I think it led me to be, again, that candidate to be someone who, you know, suffers from an anxiety disorder. Once I hit anxiety, that felt so real and I was so scared for my life that I didn't care. I talked to everybody mm-hmm. about it. In fact, I couldn't stop talking about anxiety with random strangers almost. They're like, you know, what are you talking about? Like, why are you talking to me about mm-hmm. anxiety? Um, yes, I do think in society men are kind of um there's this expectation for them to kind of uh keep their feelings kind of to themselves yes and um that's really unhealthy Mm -hmm. and so yeah no i definitely think um there's a stigma around it in fact i think it was one of the things that kept me in the loop too because just you know being a guy dealing with mental illness, mm-hmm. it's just, doesn't sound very
1: like man up. You're not supposed to you yeah, yeah, feel that. You know? like so there, there
2: was, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I was almost kind of searching for things for it to be anything else. Mm-hmm. So I could at least justify why I was feeling this way. Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. Um, there's a lot of guys that kind of go through this, that kind of keep it to themselves. Mm-hmm. But anxiety, you know, it'll find an outlet, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, it was through a panic attack. And then if it wasn't through a panic attack, it was utilizing my mind as an outlet by creating these crazy, you know, these, these, you know, unrealistic thoughts Mm -hmm. and having myself respond to them so strongly, you know, so it'll always find an outlet. Mm -hmm. It has to, I mean, your body's just trying to protect itself. It's just trying to relieve stress and it's going to do that automatically so it's gonna do it one way or another. So, um, yeah, men in particular, you know, they they can only bottle things up, mm-hmm. um, and, and you know that's a shame because uh, you know there there is a stigma behind it, but you mm-hmm. know they they don't have to. Yeah, you know?
1: um, it doesn't discriminate. It can happen to anyone.
2: It can really happen to anybody. And, and I,
1: I think it's so important for the men that are going through it to have like an example or have a guy like, okay, this guy went through it. He was feeling this way. It's okay if I'm feeling that way. So I feel like what you're doing is so important, especially for men, because they feel like they're not the only Mm -hmm. guy suffering because there's probably so many like men that you know, or that I know Mm -hmm. that are suffering from any mental illness and have never seen anyone about it, talked about it. They just kind of bottle it up and and deal with it. So I feel like it's so important to have those models to let men know, like it's you can have feelings, like it's okay, it's yeah. okay to feel this way, like it's okay to cry, like men can cry, men can have feelings, and they can talk about it. So I think what you're doing is great.
2: Yeah, no, I appreciate it. You know, I, and, and really, the thing I'm trying to really focus on is you, you can kind of suffer from, you know, you can have these feelings. You know exactly what you mentioned, and in fact, you'll be stronger. Mm-hmm. You'll be able to uh, endure a lot more than most people. Mm-hmm and you know to kind of have it as like a you know a badge of honor there's nothing to be ashamed about i really think if this you know if <clears throat> they can kind of you know cuz for guys i think it's a lot of his ego mm-hmm. you know if if they can push that aside mm-hmm. what you really get is confidence and i'm talking true confidence um unwavering confidence uh, you know i like to think of it as an example of if i have a party at my house I know everybody. It's my house. There's a certain level of confidence. If I go to a party where I don't know anybody, you know, you don't have the same amount of confidence. That's situational confidence. If you're somebody that, you know, embraces your feelings, talks about it, isn't ashamed about it, pushes your ego to the side... What you get is, you know, true foundational confidence. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't change no matter where you go, because, you know, it comes from within. It doesn't Mm -hmm. come from external Mm -hmm. um, factors. And, you know, if if you become a person like that, you know, the sky's the limit. You know, you Mm -hmm. can't there's nothing that will slow you down. there will not there'll be nothing that kind of, you know, breaks you. There'll be nothing that breaks Mm -hmm. you. So you'll be an advantage Mm -hmm. and people will look up to you, too, I think. Um, you know, as somebody that's willing to go into the unknown, mm-hmm. you know, not knowing what's really going to happen, but feels that no matter what happens, it'll be okay. Mm-hmm. You'll figure it out. Um, so, you know, if, if, you know, society could kind of change its, you know, outlook on, on men. And if men can embrace this, mm-hmm. you know, I think, you know, th- they'll be even, they'll be admired even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And,
1: and even just mental health, I feel like there's such a stigma around any, not just men, but even anyone that suffers from mental health. I feel like people are having the symptoms that you described and just deal with it in silence. And like, I don't need to see anyone. Like, I, it's just a feeling. It's temporary. Knowing that like, no, there's probably something behind that. And there's yeah. a reason why you're feeling that way. And, and I think like you said when you realize at that point like it couldn't be anything else this is anxiety at that point is when you started to recover and i feel like most people suffering can't even get to that point because they don't want to see anyone they don't want to talk about it
2: i mean look i yeah i mean what's the most ironic part of all this was i was a psychology major i read about books i mean i was studying for this nonstop. um I even knew what sympathetic dominance was when I first got diagnosed. I knew what these terms were. I knew what it was and but I read it through a book. Um and the second it happened to me, I said, nope, nope it's not couldn't me. be me. Couldn't be me. I'm a guy not nah, mm-hmm. it's, it's cool, you know. I'm I'm you know, I'm young, I you know, nothing has stopped me before, mm-hmm. you know, um I can't, you know, no, nothing can nothing can slow me down. Mm-hmm. I can I can do whatever I want. I'm invincible. I'm invincible, mm-hmm. exactly. And so um yeah, it could happen to anybody. Um yeah, so I you know, that's the most ironic thing, mm-hmm. you know. I I fell into that trap too. I, you know, I read about this. I think I was a little bit more um educated than I would say the layman person, you know, just, you know, growing up and, you know, you know, having that as my major and, you know, just learning about it and, you know, the neuroscience aspect of it. And I, I fell into that trap too. Mm. And, you know, that's the interesting thing. You know, anxiety, a lot of people that actually deal with anxiety are, are people that are in the in the, in the healthcare field because mm. it's just, it's so intense and um, it's so stressful that they're actually, you know, the most likely.
1: Yeah, and, and that's probably a normal for them. Like, oh, I always, I always feel this way. Like, yeah, this is normal. Yeah, yeah. For me. Like, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with me. This is my job and this is how I live my life and this is yeah. how I'm going to feel. Not knowing, like, no, you shouldn't feel that way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it comes to the point where, uh, you know, it's like, it's like banging a fork on, on, on a table. So if you bang a fork on a table just once it vibrates and it stops. If you keep banging on the fork on the table, if you just keep doing it repeatedly, if you stop, it vibrates for a lot longer. And that's kind of like your nerves when you're suffering from anxiety, when you're having stress, Mm -hmm. even when the stressful situation stops, your nerves are still vibrating. Mm. And that's what really starts the loop for a lot of people, people that are in, in stressful situations. Um, once the stress kind of ends, mm-hmm. the fork is still vibrating mm-hmm. and then they get confused and then they get concerned and that concern keeps that fork vibrating. And then there's this loop and your body can't tell. So your body's saying there's a, there's a stressor mm-hmm. out there. There's something to be in danger. So mm-hmm. that fork keeps vibrating. Mm-hmm. Those nerves are still sensitized. So that's where the cycle starts. And then, you know, once that start, cycle starts, you know, you do whatever you can to try to, you know, remove it and mitigate it. Nothing works. And then you're just, you fall into grief so much easier. Your confidence drops. Um, you know, you, you you become more depressed, you know. So the, all these things, is just kind of ripple effect that kind of hits down. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, that's really how the cycle starts. And that's how it keeps going. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Huh. So in hindsight, if you could tell me, Three things, whether they're little changes that you made or just maybe an extra step you took at the beginning of your day, like what really, what do you feel really helped you recover? Three things.
2: The biggest thing I think would be mindfulness. Mm -hmm. The idea that you just kind of go with your feelings, recognize that you don't need to hide or run away from the feelings. So mindfulness, kind of experiencing what it is and kind of experiencing it in a way that's kind of detached. Mm -hmm. Um, Mindfulness would probably be the first biggest thing. Second thing is to recognize that you don't need something external, actually. Um, you know, you don't need to do the breathing exercise or you don't need to do, you know, yoga and stuff. And look, look, all those things help. I do yoga pretty much to stress relief, too. But I think when it comes to the point where you um, – for, for somebody suffering from anxiety, the line kind of blurs where – Minimizing anxiety versus avoiding anxiety. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people um, will avoid anxiety. So what they'll do is they'll say, okay, they hear yoga, it makes them feel better. They'll do yoga and they say, okay, my anxiety hasn't gone away. Mm-hmm. Um, so recognizing that, you know, you don't need necessarily an external force, but it helps mm-hmm. a lot. Um, and as long as you're not looking for a way to avoid it, you know, it, it's good. Anxiety comes from within. Mm-hmm. The third change just self care, you know, prioritizing mm-hmm. what's important to me,
1: mm-hmm. which know? is yourself,
2: myself, mm-hmm. my health, mm-hmm. my well being, things that just make me happy, yeah. you know, and and things that are <clears throat> toxic in any way. Mm-hmm. I think I think I'm a lot better in terms of sensing, you know, where I feel discomfort when I don't, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I kind of I kind of learned that um, piece of just little subtleties about myself, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Yeah. So if you had the chance to to speak to yourself before, like right before it happened, like right before that initial panic attack, if you could just tell yourself a few words, what, what would you say?
2: I, I think, you know, I'm I'm trying to come up with something new, but it really kind of goes back to the same thing I've been saying, which is your thoughts, they're not your thoughts. Mm. You know, don't identify with them. Yeah. Um, you know what you consider objective reality what you feel is not actually very no. objective <laughs> and that's okay mm-hmm. um you know and just you know don't don't f- fall for every trick the mind you know mm-hmm. gives you you know they're not a lot of it is just situational and they're they're based on habit mm-hmm. and a lot of the things that's really you that you define as you aren't actually you mm-hmm. um so, you know, just take everything with a little bit of grain of salt. Yeah. Just, uh, that's, that's probably what I would tell myself. Mm-hmm. And I would n- have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'd be like, what do you, you know, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go to the doctor mm-hmm. and try to figure out yeah. what's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, it's something you can only kind of recognize once you look back, yeah. even as I was recovering, mm-hmm. that wouldn't have made any sense. But now looking back, I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. you know.
1: Yeah. And so. it's so simple too, but I think it is just so hard for anyone to do, like the average person. And I think that's all mindfulness. And I think when I think of mindfulness, I think of you're thinking all the time. Yeah. You're having thoughts all the time, but having thoughts without thinking. Yeah. Without letting it run your day. I think is is what mindfulness really is.
2: Exactly. And um kind of recognizing that you know, ex- exactly what you said, you know, your thoughts aren't really yours and mm. you know it's simple but it's it's really hard, it's hard yeah it's, it's hard yeah. you know it's it's simple it's it's like you know like okay how do I want to get in shape Okay, mm-hmm. just eat right and work out it's not that easy but you know and then you know all these different things come mm-hmm. on well, keto intermittent fasting well what about this mm-hmm. when do you you know um but really you know you come down to the foundation you just mm-hmm. kind of and, and that's what mindfulness is it's mm-hmm. it's not identifying it's recognizing his thoughts and mm. again it's so so simple mm-hmm. that it almost couldn't work yeah. but it's exactly
1: what needs different. to happen yeah so after all of this do you feel like you could ever go go back to that point again
2: you, you know if i had a stressor in my life that was you know r- really profound that kind of really affected me could i ever get back to that point i could confidently say absolutely not no Never. Uh, You can, I will never hit that low again. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I I know exactly what put me in that situation Mm -hmm. and I would. um,
1: You have the tools now.
2: I got the tools. Mm -hmm. And the great news is I don't need anything externally. Mm -hmm. Just need myself, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, you know, the, the, everything comes in from within. So no, no matter how stressful you know it, you won't hit that point and that that's great because you know having that and you know as a you know little tool belt mm-hmm. um you you can you can do a lot of things in life without worrying about you know w- without fear you know you don't mm-hmm. have to be fearful you know in the same way yeah. you, you, your confidence grows so
1: awesome well happy to have you today and thank you so much for sharing all that i know it's tough and being vulnerable I think it it helps a lot of people the more it's spoken about so I think what you're doing is great and if anxiety is something that you're dealing with or if you need any tips on those feelings or any mental health or wellness Sean is a great resource you can find him on Instagram it's sean.kassam it's S H A A N. K A S S A M. Or you can also look him up on YouTube. He has a YouTube channel where he shares a little bit more about his journey. It's just Sean Kassam. S-H-A-A-N-K-A-S-S-A-M. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. The Wellness Plus
0: Podcast. Copyright 2018. Target Public Media, LLC. All rights reserved.